Hi, I'm Batsheva Frankel from Overthrowing Education, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Reflect Ed, the podcast where I share my perspective on the challenges and successes that are taking place in our schools and focus on goal setting and plans for future improvement. Through rich conversation and meaningful dialogue, we will discuss practical ways to make schools better for students and educators. Hello and welcome to Reflect Ed. This is episode 15. I'm your host, AJ Bianco. If this is your first time, thank you so much for joining Reflected. If you've been here before, thank you for coming back. I know it has been a while since I have pressed record, but look, the way the school year has been, I've been busy and I've let other projects kind of take over what I've been doing. Uh, if you follow me on social media, you'll see I'm still doing podcast PD with Christian Stacy. I've uh, done Unlock the Middle with the guys on Sunday nights. Uh, I've kind of had some other projects spin off of that. One thing that I've been doing is the AP Roundtable that I've been doing with some great APs from around the country. Uh, with my co-hosts, especially Ryan Scott and Mike Lavelle. You can check us out. We do that live. It's on YouTube. It's on Twitter. And that is every other Tuesday night. And you can check that out. And of course, now what I'm starting up is... A little project that I'm doing with my buddy David Frangiosa. Uh, Dave is an educator in New Jersey and an author. And we decided that we have so many conversations about education, outside of education, that we wanted to kind of put something uh, together that would benefit people. So Dave is an author. Dave is a podcaster. Uh, On Twitter, you can follow Dave at David Frangiosa. I'll put his name in the show notes so you can kind of check out his work. Uh, But we decided we wanted to do something live as well that would benefit our listeners. Um, We've been focusing the idea on collaborative leadership. So Dave is is an educator, me as an an administrator. Um, We know things aren't going to work in schools unless both sides work together. So Dave and I have really noticed this and we've kind of been discussing how we can do more in our roles and we decided to kind of put this together and what we're going to do with this thing called Reflect Ed Live, that we are going to have these episodes every other Thursday and we're going to record our thoughts on what collaborative leadership is and what it looks like. Now, collaborative leadership is not leadership because of administrators. Leadership is leadership. So whether you're a teacher leader, whether you're a administrator or aspiring leader, this is for you. So what we're doing with the first episode that you're going to listen to in a few seconds is we're talking about initiatives. So when initiatives get started, how do they start? Where do they go? How do they die? How do we get them to continue in a positive way? So Dave and I really dig into that and focus uh, our conversation on those ideas. So our conversations take place every other Thursday. Uh, if you're catching this now, our next conversation live will be on February 24th, and we do that at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you are around and you want to check out what we have to say on our Reflect Ed Live series, uh, join us. Check out the link, uh, whether it's my Twitter 
or Dave's YouTube page at Dave Frangiosa, or you can check out his Twitter as well, and you'll find the link there uh, to follow. During the conversation, you are more than welcome to just listen. You are welcome to add comments through the chat, or if you're bold enough and brave enough, please join us in the conversation. Yes, you're going to have to put your face out there and your voice, but it's okay. You do it one time, you'll want to do it forever. So join us to get into part two of our collaborative leadership series. Uh, We're very excited for where this is going to go, and I think uh, we have a great plan going forward. So without further ado, here is our first episode of our collaborative leadership series. Quick disclaimer before we get started, right when we pressed go live, my audio cut out. So you might get a little bit of the beginning that seems kind of silly because we're joking around a little bit, but... You'll get the idea once we press play. All right, so enjoy. Please, as always, share your thoughts, comments, feedback, and uh, we hope to see you on our next episode, February 24th. So, (laughs) yeah, we're we're talking about, um, you know, collaborative leadership and uh, started by just asking, you know, what's the most successful initiative you've ever been a part of and why was it so successful? And, you know, for anybody who's listening or watching, um, you know, drop a comment in the chat, um, you know, and we'll be posting a link out here later for anybody who wants to join live. Um, So, um, you know, I guess we'll start with you. Like, are there any school initiatives that you've been a part of that like were completely successful and like any that you can think of? Yeah, this is a, a a tough situation because uh, I'm trying to think of like full school initiatives that that are something that we played around with, you know, that actually everybody jumped onto and were a part of, and and that's a hard thing to answer. Um, going going back 17 years, I don't know like one initiative that stands out as like successful initiative for a school, and. and while things might have been pushed out with PD, I don't think it lasted throughout an entire year. I remember one time we tried to do like emotional learning, not social emotional, but emotional. Like if I ask a question about, for example, about uh, the 1920s, okay? If I ask a question about the 1920s, what would your thought be? How do you think people felt during that time period based on the information we're learning? As a socialist teacher, I use that all the time, but like this was an initiative they wanted to roll out. Um, did not work, did not last. The PD was awful. Um, this was like one of my first couple years teaching. You know, I, I think the most successful initiative I've been a part of now would have been like more of like Chromebook use and technology because I think everybody was on board in that situation. Um, I now being in this chair, understand like initiatives are lame. Don't give me an initiative that I have to do. However, I'm trying to roll out an initiative in my school with the idea of PBIS and positive behavior interventions and supports. And while I'm calling it an initiative, I feel like it's more of an approach for success than it is an initiative, but we have to look at it as an initiative because that's where it starts from, right? Um, So for me, I don't know really many that have been introduced that are, you know, gaining ground and then continuing. What about you, Dave? Well, first, I I think it's a little fair to judge anything that started like 
prior to the past two years. So, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, understand that there's certain things that maybe would have been more successful if they weren't derailed by just the disrupted school year. So like, we'll give that a pass, but I'm with you in terms of technology. Like I wasn't a part of it, but in the district that I'm in now, they're one-to-one rollout. So uh, they were already five years in um, by the time I got to the school that I'm at now. So, um, and now I'm at the district 10 years. So they've been doing this like, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, So I would say that was a pretty successful initiative. And, um, you know, then we, um, we talked about getting a common LMS, right. And just kind of making it streamlined for students. Um, And, you know, everybody in the district is on canvas now. And so, um, you know, in in terms of technology, yeah, I've seen that happen Um, in terms of, you know, pedagogy or like, you know, just, um, you know, equity initiatives or, um, you know, things like that. Uh, I haven't really seen that take off, you, you know, just like you said, you see pockets of teachers that take it and run with it. Um, but district wide, not really. Um, so I, I guess that leads to the next question is, um, you know, we've been in education a long time, right. You know, so, um, 16 years, 17 years and, in all that time, seeing very few initiatives take off and flourish. Why? Right. So like, you know, what, what's going on that's not allowing that to happen. And so from my perspective, I'm actually going to go back to um, not my current district, but one of my former districts, Um, you know, they were talking about doing physics first. Um, And you know, I have no problem with physics first. And the, the way that it was um, presented to us was, um, you know, we're getting freshmen to to do more, to understand physics, to perform at a higher level than, you know, at the time we were getting our juniors to do. And so for me, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. You know, um, let, let's see what this is, what, what this program is. And if you can make me a better teacher, yeah, sure. Um, but then like we go, we sit in on the program and, you know, it, it was terrible. And my supervisor at the time, like I said to him, I was like, this, this is terrible. Everybody agreed. Like everybody that was in the meeting, there was not one person that had something positive to say about it. Two weeks later, you know, Oh, I got this great program. I was like, okay, so it's not about the program. We're pushing physics first. And, you know, just that like, he wasn't upfront and honest about like why we were investigating the things that, you know, so just starting off um, it, it kind of put all of us on our heels and it's just like, all right, you know, just tell me what's happening and, you know, we'll deal with it, you know, and um, you know, that honesty and doing things for the right reason. So it turns out that at the time uh, they were offering a lot of money for freshman academies. And, you know, to move biology, to move chemistry, you need plumbing, you need gas, you need like, you need to equip labs. And it was just way easier to move physics. So um, none of it had anything to do with educational value. It was all about securing funding for like this freshman academy. And, you know, so like that kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth. Like once as a teacher, once you, you see that dishonesty and um you know it's 
you're kind of wary of the other things that are being presented. So that, I mean, that's been my experience and, um, you know, the district that I'm at now, um, you know, they're very progressive, but like they let things happen organically. So we haven't really had too many district initiatives. Um, there were a couple that started around equity and inclusion prior to COVID, but, you know, like I said, a lot of that stuff got derailed because of COVID. So you can't really judge the success of it based on that. Um, so, you know, I guess like Jerry's still out. We'll see what happens when things kind of get, um, you know, to a more regular routine. How about you? Uh, do you think the term initiative is just like a negative term to begin with? I, I, I really don't have a problem with the term. You know, so, um, I mean, that's what it is. It's an initiative, right? You're, you're trying to get something off the ground. You're trying to do something new. And, you know, I hate to use the word innovative because it's cliche, but like, that's, you know, that's what districts say. We're doing something new and innovative. And, you know, if you just approach it like, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to do something that's going to make the lives of our teachers and our students and our, our community better. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care what you call it. You call it an initiative, you know, you call it a program. The words really don't matter. I think it's more how people interact around it and how it's supported. So, so, so now the goal here is to talk about the collaborative aspect of leadership, sure. right? The, the, the teacher role, the administrative role and, and everybody else in between. So when you, when you say that, right, the attitude has to be there. So is it the administration's attitude towards pushing out the initiative or is it the teacher's attitude of receiving th- this initiative so that they can use it in their classroom? Because, uh, and and I, I still think, I know I'm not in the classroom, but I still think myself as teacher first, you know this, you know, when I think about something, oh, here's something new that I have to now put into my practice. Here's somebody else tell me how I have to teach who's not in the classroom. I get all that. But like, once that attitude shifts and you start thinking, well, here's something new, I've lost you as leader, as school leader, I've lost you, right? So now that spreads. How do I stop that? That's where the problem is. That's why I'm afraid like word initiative is so negative. Yeah, well, and I mean, it's such a loaded question because it varies district to district, you know, so. Teacher to teacher as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the relationship that I have with my principal director of curriculum, uh, supervisor, Um, it's very different than, you know, the relationship that other people have. And, you know, for, for me, like, I trust that they're doing what they think is in the best interest. And, um, I, I trust that they're doing it with honesty and integrity and for the right reasons. And I've been there 10 years now and they've never approached me or anything I'm doing in any other way. So, um, they do get that goodwill from me. You know, so if they're saying, hey, look at this with an open mind, even if it's something that I'm not excited about, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I would do it because, you know, they've earned that from me because that's just the way they've treated me. I know there's people that aren't in those situations. So, you know, that's really a loaded question. And, you know, the the flip side of that coin is you've had teachers who've been in education, you know, even 16 years. Right. I've seen so many different things that this is the next big thing and you just wait it out and it goes away. Right. You know, wait three years and then there's the next big thing. So, 
you know, there's not that sustained focus on here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Here's how it's good for kids. This is the support that you're going to get from us. Um, you know, so, um, yeah. So for me, I, I think some teachers have been jaded because they've tried these things. They've, they've gone out of their way only for it to be abandoned. Um, the other thing that's really important is time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've talked about this before and, you know, you have an hour like prep time in the middle of the day, like you're going to spend that on this new initiative, or are you going to spend that um, developing lessons for your class, you know, providing feedback to your students and doing all of the daily activities that are required of a teacher. So if it's important enough to move forward with, it's important enough to make the time for. And I approach my students the same way. If it's important enough for us to do, it's important enough for us to do it during class time. Because if I'm expecting them to do it outside of class, well, maybe it's not done in the nature in which I intended. They don't have the support that I know that I provide to them, you know, uh, or they, I should say, they may not have the support that I know that I can provide to them. So um, I, I think we look at them as different things, but the way administration approaches teachers should be very similar to the way that teachers approach students, you know, and that's not to say that, um, you know, and maybe I'll catch flack for this, but that's not to say that all voices are equal, but they do need to be heard, right? Because there's certain information that you're privy to that I'm not as an administrator. And so like, I'll defer to that, you know, um, and, you know, as, as long as you're hearing me out and say, you know what, Dave, we can't do that. Uh, can't get into the details of it, but just understand there's reasons that, you know, uh, behind the scenes that things like that just can't happen. Okay. You know, um, and it, it's the same thing with students, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, with, with students, um, you know, I'll, I'll tell them if they're giving me feedback and asking for, um, you know, something that they think is beneficial in the classroom. Maybe it's something that I've tried before and I'll say, Hey, look, when I did that, you know, it didn't work out the way that you would expect it to, right? Here's what I saw. Um, you know, here's how the students responded. So that's why we're not going to go in that direction. Right. Um, that's not to say that like, I don't do anything that they suggest because I, I make changes in the classroom like all the time. And, you know, like everybody should have a say in how things are shaped, maybe not be the deciding factor, but you know, um, there should be lead time going up to these things. Um, you know, get parents involved, get students involved, get teachers involved. And as long as we're consistent with the message of why we're doing it, how we're doing it, how it's going to benefit, um, you know, I, I think we'd be on, you know, better footing. Hmm. I appreciate that. And I'm just, I'm just trying to think, because again, as I'm listening to you, as I'm thinking about my goals, right? So I'm, I'm going to keep going with what I'm trying to push out going forward. And it's PBIS. I, I think that's really important to, to have that positive interaction with students so that we are focusing on all kids and not just the quote unquote bad kids, right? So I'm trying to work through this initiative and I'm trying to go as slow as possible. Um, I, I, I don't want to be pushed to the wayside. I'm doing surveys. I'm creating my PBIS team so we can get input from a variety of teachers. 
So this is where the collaborative aspect comes in. Correct. We, mm-hmm. we, it's not, it's not top down. It's here's the idea. So I guess maybe it is top down to start with. Here's the idea. We're noticing a situation in our school where we think this might be something good going forward. And like when we think about this idea of PBIS, it really is it's pretty simple, right? The, the goal here is to, to have your positive words and affirmations throughout the school. So instead of having your classroom rules be like, don't chew gum, change your wording of it to in our school, you know, we respect something, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of saying don't, we look at it as more of a, of a positive. So it's going to be a shift this is going to be what we do going forward because we want to change the, the rules from no running in the halls to we respect our hallways. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we respect the people around us. Um, so I, I, I want to make sure that this is collaborative and I'm creating this, this PBIS team so that we're all on this, all on board together on this journey, because I think it's important to have their voices because they're the ones in the classroom. My staff is going to tell me these are, what we see in our school as rules and procedures that are extremely important to us that we can all vibe with, right? I'm not going to make it. I'm asking the teachers for their input. I'm asking students for their input. I'm trying to be as collaborative as possible so that we're all on the same page. So Dave, I brought this to you and I said, I want you as part of my PBIS team, right? Now you're part of the initiative. Where does it go from there? What's your, what's your goal as now, like a major player in how this goes forward. Yeah. So a couple of things. First, uh, I, I do think that there needs to be an element of top down. And when I say that administration, right. Uh, central office, they set the vision for the school, right. That's um, you know, they're saying this is, this is, we've listened to the parents. This is where they want our school going. So uh, here are the initiatives that we feel are going to get us there. And so that's what you've done, right? And PBIS is is one of them, all right? Now, one of the challenges that I have sometimes with um, this collaborative generation of rules, right? Um, I know I bring this book up all the time because it's an awesome book. It's called Troublemakers. Mm-hmm. So people have been conditioned to schooling since kindergarten and sometimes even before that with pre-k programs so when you ask them to generate rules are they really telling you what they value or are they regurgitating what they think you want to hear so before that collaborative space can happen authentically there needs to be that trust all right Mm -hmm. and um you know i i've told this story before about like you know the the students that like just roast me in their feedback that didn't happen initially. And, you know, not that like anybody likes to get roasted, but like, you know, it's just, uh, I'm very happy that they feel comfortable enough that uh, it is a safe space for them to speak their mind. Um, and I attribute that to, to one student, right? And he kind of set the tone and stuck his neck out and said, let's see what this teacher does. They say they care about what I think. I'm going to tell them exactly what mm-hmm. I think. Um, and, you know, it was met in the way that I intended, right? Like I I said, yeah, you know, I wanted your, your honesty. You gave me your honesty. Thank you. Here are the valid points that you brought to the table. These are things that I'm going to address and change. Um, Here are the things that I know, like 
you don't have to agree with me, but here's why they're in place and they can't change. So I establish that trust first. So as that has to be there. And if that's not there before you have this group that you're charging with, okay, now shape this model, you're not going to get their honest uh, opinion on which way it should go. They're going to sit there. They're going to say, you know what, AJ, um, here's all the things that I heard you say. So that's what I'm going to spit back at you. Right. Um, but now for me personally, um, you know, what would I do? I would ask my students first thing you do, like Mm -hmm. you ask me, what do you think? I said, you know what? Um, I'm going to talk to my students and I'll come back to you and, uh, I'll have, you know, I have my own thoughts, but I want to hear what they think. And, um, you know, I, I would suggest that, you know, maybe we get some students on this committee as well. Um, you know, and once again, not that, and this is where I think people misinterpret, right? They think that just because, um, you're listening to students, like it, it doesn't make you like weak or there's not that there's no accountability or, you know, it's just, they're the people that we're serving. We need to know their experience. Right. So like everything for me goes back to how is this impacting their experience? What, like, how have, how have these things negatively affected them? And then, you know, what can we do to change that? So we had an incident at, um, at my school, uh, I guess it's going back like three or four years now. And, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> you know, there, there was, it was in the paper. So like there were, um, you know, racial slurs and swastikas in, in the bathroom. And, you know, it was appalling. And I thought I was connected to my students. And it wasn't until I directly asked, um, you know, some of my students if they've experienced racism that they actually started telling me their stories. And, you know, like we were cool and they trusted me and, you know, we had a great working relationship, but there were some things that were still guarded. And it's not until you actually ask, how is this directly impacting you that you get the full story? And without that, you know, we can't make policy that's going to make this situation better, whatever that situation is. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it all comes back to what are the stu- students dealing with? What are their needs in that moment? And how can we best serve them? It's fair. And, and, and that's, that's the thing. I, I, I want to make sure that when we're putting something together, it's not just tell me what I want to hear. Yeah. I want to make sure it really is like, this is what's going to help you. This is what's going to help your students. This is what's going to help the school going forward. Like I, I don't want it to be, and I don't, I don't know if there's a way that I could even make it so that, you know, they don't try to just make me happy. That's not what I want. You know, sure. I want to make them happy. So, you know, that is going to be the hard part, but I hopefully, if there's a relationship there, if there's trust, if all that kind of lines up together, then we can have that conversation that points everything into the right direction. Hopefully the other teachers will feel comfortable sharing their thoughts and not just sit back uh, and say they're fine with whatever they want, right? Yeah. Whatever you want, you can do that. That's a good idea. Yep. You know, I want the feedback from everybody. Yeah. Well, you're fighting an uphill battle because you went to a new district in the middle of you know, remote instruction, not even starting at the beginning of the year. So, um, and still we're, we're not at a point where we're building relationships the way that we did prior to COVID. True. All right. So, you know, like 
people are still in survival mode. And like a lot of that stuff isn't going to shake out until, you know, who knows when, but like, you know, there's still, um, you know, there's still things that need to fall in place before we can do any of these, you know, wide scale initiatives, because there's just not the mental bandwidth. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're asking me for my honest opinion right now, my honest opinion is I want a nap. Right. I'm with you. Again, this is kind of why I'm going very slowly with this. Like this is, this was never going to be a thing that we start like just jumping into right now. this is going to be a thing that we introduce, that we take a look at, that we analyze, that we determine whether it could be effective. And then for September 22, 20, and then throughout the 22, 23 school year, then we really get moving on it because we had the four or five months of prep to really get off the ground and feel comfortable that when we start in September, this is not just like, hey, September PD, here's what we're going to do. Like sure. We introduced it. We thought about some ways to, to look at it. Started with the surveys. I'm a little behind because of the year that it's been, but now I'm happy that we're, we're making moves. Teachers have been surveyed, got a lot of great feedback. Students are getting surveyed um this week into next week i know whenever you listen to this you have no idea what that is it doesn't matter but uh, students will be surveyed and then from there team is created this way by like mid-march like we really have an idea as to what we can do going forward so one of the things we talk about dave let's say the initiatives in place now right we started it feel good about it We're, we're making moves we're making waves what do you want to see after it's begun as the teacher you know, you, you got the ear of the principal, you got the ear of the leader, whoever it might be that's, that's running this. What do you want to see going forward once you guys have the initiative off the ground? Yeah. And once again, I, I relate everything back to the classroom and I think that it, it should be approached in, in the same manner. If something is not going well, I just want a commitment that will investigate it and, you know, we'll change it however it needs to be changed, you know? So, um, like just that commitment that this is the intent. We are going to honor the intent. Um, we're not just going to give you PD at the beginning. This is going to be a sustained effort where you're going to get the support that you need throughout. Um, you know, you're going to get time, you know, whether that's pull out time, whether that's, you know, um, in, instead of doing like a faculty meeting, maybe, you know, that's that time or like the professional development days, like it should be coherent, right? So it's not something different. So maybe like this year, every single PD day that we have is dedicated to this, you know, um, like that would be, that would be something that would be beneficial because time is the most challenging thing. Right. If you're asking teachers to do this outside of their normal workload, if you're asking them to do it on top of everything else that they do outside of class, you know, it's it's not going to happen. So a time commitment, a commitment of support, if resources are deemed necessary, make them available. Um, you know, and, and really, as a teacher, that's what I would want. And. You know, and I'm sure there's things that you would want from your teachers as an administrator, right? So, you know, what do you want from your teachers when you're starting these initiatives? All right. So before I answer that, let, let's just go through yours because I think the checklist would be very similar, right? Okay. So you said open for change, 
you know, if needed. Yep. Open lines of communication, support, mm-hmm. time, and then resources and growth opportunities, including PD. As the leader, I, I feel like the change is, is extremely important, right? If we see something not working, that we can communicate and make the changes that are necessary, right? I think that's that's really, really key because, again, as a team, we're going to evaluate what's working, what's not. Hopefully, the teacher will have the ear of, of their colleagues, and then they can bring it to the table. We can discuss that and be open to change and kind of figure out how change would look, right? That time is going to be there because if this is something that we're pushing out in the school, I'm going to give you time during faculty meetings, during PD opportunities that we bring in. Like this is this has to has to go hand in hand. That time and PD has to work together, um, and of course the support, right? I, I and the willingness to try. I, I think that's all important. I think those things, you know, from my point of view and from a teacher point of view, I think we're all on the same page, right? If we want it to work, those are the things that we need. I'm not asking any more than that because I think the only thing I would add really is that willingness to try. Like, and if it doesn't work, then let's change it. Um, again, as we went back to the beginning of the conversation, it's so easy to just say, "Ugh, initiative, I'm out, right? Don't give me something else to do. When some initiatives, like even though they seem small or they seem too large, they're quite important to what we're going to do as a school. So uh, I, I like what you had said there. I like those five things, change, communication, support, time, and then resources and growth opportunities. I, I think we're all on the same page completely. Yeah. And look, we have to, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that you know, there are some districts, there are some regions that are dealing with challenges beyond their school. Of course. Right. And we have to be in an area that will allow for change. Right. Um, you know, not trying to pass laws that ban books or ban teaching and, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. so that you, you can't like, there's no amount of collaboration that can overcome something like that. So, you know, let, I mean, let's just put that out there, but if you're in a community where, um, you know, they're, they're open to change um, in order for that to happen. Yeah. It's just really, it's that trust factor, you know, that everybody's like going in the same direction, even if I don't agree or Mm -hmm. completely agree. um, You know, the fact that I know that, um, if I see something, it will be addressed. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be more open to trying things, you know, and look, my own initiatives, it's taken me six years to, to get to where I am and in, in what I'm doing. So it, I understand it doesn't happen overnight. And I think that instant gratification, you know, just that mindset of, oh, well, you know, we're three months in and nothing's changed. Well, no, don't expect it to like, you know, we have to have realistic expectations, you know? And so, all right, here's something that's out of our control. Mm-hmm. Like if we want to know how is this impacting like the, the students experience, how are you monitoring that? How are you communicating to teachers that, Hey, yeah, look, what we're doing is working because nobody wants to be part of something and put in all this time and effort if it's not moving the needle. So like, how are you communicating with the community, with teachers, with students that look, yeah, we are moving the needle. 
I, I, that's a great question because I think that's always the hard part, right? How is this working? So when when you look at your your grading practices that you changed, you know, when do you start seeing the change? When do you start figuring out that it's working? Um, I, I think that that constant communication is extremely important, right? Looking at I guess data, like we have to use data, we have to use surveys, we have to, you know, look at, I'm going to use our, our situation again, we have to look at discipline overall, you know, are we still having lunch tension? Are we still having problems in the classroom? Are we still having suspensions? Are we still doing after school? Like, is that changing, you know, even a little bit? Um, are we recognizing kids for the good things they're doing versus recognizing those kids who are the troubled kids? Like, that those are all things we have to think about. So looking at, I don't know, behavior, when I say referrals, we don't really use referrals, but behavior referrals versus positive referrals. Like where's the number, where are the numbers going to change? So I, there's got to be a way to survey and keep data and have those open lines of communication to kind of figure out from teachers, like making a Google form on my part. So I know like daily or weekly or monthly, this is what it looked like from each classroom. Um, you know, I, I know it's extra work, but again, if we want to see how it works after, especially year one, we have to have that data. We have to have that information out there so we can even share that with our, with our families. They have to see it too. Yeah. And so I, I am so happy you didn't say anything about performance because performance is always a lagging indicator, right? So when, when you're making these changes, the, the first thing that you're going to see is mindset shift, right? Mm. You're going to mm-hmm. see uh, reduced stress, less anxiety, increased happiness, right? Like those are all the things that I started seeing um, even when performance didn't change all that much, right? And then said, okay, great. Like they're thinking about class differently, which means they start approaching class differently, and then ultimately they start doing better. So like that was the last thing to come, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I teach a course that students have to take and, you know, a lot of them don't like taking it. Right. So I teach physics and, you know, they come in thinking it, it's going to be one of their harder courses. And, you know, prior to making this shift, it was very contentious. Like I had a lot of students that hated being there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then, you're, you're seeing that shift. Um, you know, I had like about 10% of my, my students report that they just did not like coming to class prior to me, um, you know, implementing these reforms. Mm. Now on my most recent survey, I had 0% say that they don't like coming to class, you know, and like that to me is not that, like you always have to be happy with everything, but the fact that they're not dreading sitting in that room, um, it definitely impacts the way that they engage with learning. Um, you know, it, it impacts the way that they engage with me. Um, you know, so I think that needs to be at the forefront and, you know, we need to start pushing away these standardized test scores and mm-hmm. not putting so much value on them. I think that's part of the the reason we are where we are in terms of an educational system right now, not necessarily your school or my school, just kind of in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just that grade focus, that um, that score focus, um, and kind of losing sight of why we do what we do, you know, and going back to that, um, you know, 
you're going to see an increase in everything else before you mm-hmm. see an increase in that. So right. I, I like that you're not using that as an indicator. No, uh, the whole goal of, of, of this for me is to make the school a place where kids feel they belong and not a place they feel they have to go to each day. So while you're talking about your classroom and kids wanting to be in class, it is the same thing for me because look, middle school kids get bored very easily. So what can I do to make it a place where, you know, like, I don't want to say like bribe them, but give them incentives for doing the learning to, for doing the right thing for practicing, you know, citizenship and, and, and practicing like what it means to be a person, you know, not just a student who gets grades, who then gets either rewarded or punished because of grades. I want to reward them for being good people so that they continue to pay that forward and, and use it in a way that, that really brings about a positive culture of the school. So, and once again, I know your intent because I know you, but when, um, when people say good people, who's the judge of that, right? Because, you know, you'll see some people act out bad behavior to get change, Mm -hmm. right? Because like, you know, they're noticing an injustice, they're noticing a deficiency and they're speaking up to get change. So, you know, who's judging bad behavior. And, and that's something that when we're doing this, we have to be really cautious of because, you know, not everything that we deem as um, bad behavior is for a negative reason, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. they're doing it to, um, you know, to raise awareness of something that could be fixed. And, you know, everything that a, a student does is telling you something, mm-hmm. right? You just have to listen. Right. And, you know, it's, I'll tell you from experience, it is exhausting because like when you remove carrots and sticks, it's a lot of conversations. It's right. a conversation about choices. It's a conversation about like, you know, what consequences those choices will have, how they'll impact, um, you know, their, their long-term goals their short-term goals. And, you know, um, that they're not used to that. So setting up that system where, you know, what you mean by good people, um, I, I, I know you're coming from a good place. It's just something to keep in mind. Right. I mean, look, my, my, what I see as disrespect in a classroom is not the same thing you would see as disrespect. Everybody has their, their, you know, their feelings on what it means to be disrespectful in a classroom setting. When I say good people, I just mean like, like the, the basics, respectful, kind, caring, you know, th- th- those, I'm going to say buzzwords that sure. we put in schools, you know, I'm, I'm not even looking at, at like behavioral good mm-hmm. people. I'm just talking about like putting them on the right path to take care of themselves yeah. and people around them. Yeah. And, and look, respectful is a two way street, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, like you can't expect students to be respectful if they're not respected, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's a conversation that has to be had uh, with staff as well, because there's a lot of do as I say, um, not as I do. And we have to make sure that we're setting an example with our behavior, not just with rewards, right? you know? So like just that consistency, right? Absolutely. And, and when you talk about an initiative, like kids can smell BS, Right. 
you know, and Mm -hmm. if they say, oh yeah, okay, they're saying this, but like, they're not doing it. Um, you know, and it's like the teacher who has a strict cell phone policy, but is texting every 15 minutes, you know, the same thing. Absolutely. Like that. If you're going to be that strict, never look at your phone, Mm -hmm. you know, and look, that's something that I've changed my view on now that I'm a parent. Um, you know, look, my kid's school called today while I'm in class, I'm going to look at my phone, you know? And so granted, I don't look at it nearly as much as students do. And like we have, we have that conversation that look, you need to check, you check. If it's getting in the way of learning, then we're going to have a conversation about Mm -hmm. it. But you know, I, I think anything that's too rigid or like zero tolerance or anything like that, you know, it, it just leads to inconsistency and it becomes arbitrary and meaningless. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, so Dave, I think we, we tackled like the first part here of, of our, of our series, right? I don't, I don't know if we talked about this in the beginning because my, my audio was awful to start with. I don't know how it sounds now. Hopefully it's working. Sounds but, a lot better. Uh, great. It makes me happy because I don't know what I was doing here. Um, we're going to be going into several parts with collaborative leadership. This is something that David and I find extremely important in our schools. And like, we want to make the change. This is where it starts. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have several different, several episodes directed toward collaborative leadership. So our part two will carry over and we'll look at collaborative leadership in a different way. Right. I think, this can kind of sum up our, our buy-in, right? Right, Dave? Mm-hmm. This is part one, yeah. buy-in and finding ways to get the buy-in together, not just, hey, I'm the leader, do what I'm telling you. Sure. So part two is coming. So we're, we're going to focus here. I don't even know what today is, Dave. Today is the, today is the 10th. 10th. We will be we back on February 24th. There we go. Thank you, sir. So 24th, we'll be back. Collaborative leadership, part two. Uh, if you are listening to this on the replay, please make sure you reach out to Dave or myself. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, hit Dave up at David Frangiosa. I'm at AJ Bianco. And we want to hear what you have to say. We want to hear where you want to go with this. Uh, we have our ideas, but of course, you guys can shape it as well. Yeah. And if anybody wants to join us live in the studio, reach out and we'd be happy to have you. Absolutely. DM us and uh, you are welcome aboard to share your thoughts and feelings about this. So with that, David, I think it's time that we put a, put a bow on this. So listeners out there, thanks for joining us. And uh, we look forward to he- seeing you and taking your thoughts and questions and all that in part two. Thank you for listening to Reflect Ed. If you have a question or would like to connect, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at AJ Bianco. If you're finding value in this podcast, please help spread the word to other educators. You can subscribe, leave a rating or review, or share on social media with your takeaway and thoughts. Make sure to tag me and at Reflect Ed Pod so we can keep the conversation going. Talk to you soon.